John Rothstein graced the timeline today with plenty of Syracuse basketball insights and updates and whatnot comparisons. Owen and I are going to react to all of that. And if we have some time, we will answer some questions uh, that we got in a little bit of a mailbag episode. It's all on Locked On Syracuse, and it's right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is your Wednesday episode. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That is Owen Valentine. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free. We're available wherever you get podcasts. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Col- or LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, So let's get right into it, Owen. Uh, We've been talking Syracuse football, Syracuse football, and Syracuse football, uh, and we sprinkled in a little bit of Syracuse basketball during the bye week because the season is creeping up, and I don't think that anybody is looking at it because obviously at this point in the year, usually everybody in Syracuse is dreading the rest of football season and just wants to get to basketball, but with Syracuse being 5-0, and that really isn't the case this time around. Everyone's enjoying football season, and nobody's mind is really solely on basketball right now, except for John Rothstein, of course, who never stops. Uh, he is the self-proclaimed college basketball's hungriest insider. Uh, and if you don't know who he is, the man is a maniac for college basketball. He and he's in Syracuse. Today. Yeah, he, exactly. He was in Syracuse today. Uh, talking to Jim Beheim, watching practice, learning about SU basketball this year. And he's got a lot of insight for us that we reacted to on Twitter. But let's reiterate that here. His first tweet uh, that was anything included a quote from Jim Beheim regarding Judah Mintz. The, the tweet reads, Syracuse freshman Judah Mintz is shining here at practice, getting into the teeth of the defense at will. Love to hear that. Jim Beheim on Mintz, quote, he's as explosive a point guard as we've had here in a long time. He's like Johnny Flynn, but he's much bigger, end quote. Okay, Johnny Flynn is arguably the most explosive player Syracuse basketball has ever had. Uh, the Rutgers dunk is the only thing you need to see uh, to make that claim. He was absolutely fantastic in his short time on the Hill. People forget, drafted ahead of Steph Curry. It makes He's him better, better than, Steph. than Steph Curry. He's better than uh, Johnny Steph. Flynn, that means fantastic. Judah. Judah is but a better player than Steph Curry. The only thing true. that could have made Johnny Flynn better is if he had a couple more inches. So if Jim Beheim is telling us this kid's basically Johnny Flynn, but bigger, Syracuse has... The diamond in the rough, I mean, it wasn't really in the rough, but the gem of all gems in Judah Mintz. 100%. I mean, I am as big a Johnny Flynn fan as you could possibly find. Uh, absolutely loved him. He was one of my you know, favorite players, obviously, growing up just because of the way he played and that just sort of electricity that he brought on the court with him uh, game in and game out. And I, I think this is such a nod 
and the highest of compliments that you can give to a player. And there were some questions, not major questions about Mintz, but in terms of how good is he in terms of a year one guy and coming in. And we've sort of solidified that we're going to see him as a starter at this point at the one. Absolutely. Uh, but to hear this compliment from Beheim, who seems to just be dishing out compliments with his freshman class it, right now. Beheim, uh, but yeah, that's, that's huge news. That's huge to give that award or that that nod to to how good Judah has been so far. Because as as you said, I mean, this is this is a guy that can come in now and, and with those expectations, I think that says really what his ceiling is in, in sort of solidifying our thoughts that this could be uh, Syracuse's first one and done in a handful of years. And you're gonna really see what what Judah can do just because of you know, that nod and that comparison is not to be taken lightly, I think, uh, knowing Syracuse's history and, and knowing how good Johnny Flynn was in Orange. Yeah, man. Um, Johnny Flynn comp is crazy, and I can't say I expected that. Uh, Rothstein's next tweet talks about the guy that Mintz is going to be playing alongside. Tweet reads, Jim Beheim tells me that he thinks Joe Girard will average at least 20 points per game during the upcoming season. Girard will completely slide off the ball with the addition of Judah Mintz. That's something that we all expected and we all knew. With Mintz yeah. coming in, even when Mintz wasn't going to be here, the talk was pre-Mintz. It was, is Samir Torrance going to play the point guard now that we know that Joe is so much better in the two spot. And we already kind of knew that, but the Duke game really solidified that. I'm talking about the one in the ACC tournament that they actually almost won uh, where, you know, Buddy didn't play. So Joe had to be the main scorer alongside Jimmy and he played in the two and was absolutely fantastic. So the conversation before Judah even committed was, is Joe going to play uh, the two spot all year? Judah commits and that's pretty much confirmed. So John telling us something we already know, but also, Telling us that Jim Beheim is, I don't know, making it, if making a prediction is the right way to put it, but I feel like it's not often that he goes out on a limb and says, all right, Joe's going to average 20 points a game, or so-and-so's yeah. going to do this. Um, so he shows a lot of confidence. I quote tweeted that one and said that also him scoring 20 points a game is going to come with him shooting the ball 20 times a game, probably, um, because... We all know that Joe's a volume shooter. His shooting percentage was really, really good last year, which is, I think yeah. is something that a lot of the Joe haters out there like to dismiss and, and entirely disregard. But the man was at times the leader in the ACC in terms of three-point percentage. He finished a, a shade above 40% on the year from behind the arc. He had a good year. Obviously, he had his bad games where he couldn't find anything. But other times he was electric and he was just unconscious from behind the arc. So Joe going to take a bigger role in a senior season. If it works out for him, the Syracuse offense is going to run pretty smoothly. And that kind of runs in to his next tweet where he talks about how the team's overall makeup is going to be incredibly different. He says Syracuse's makeup is completely different than last season. Longer more athletic, deeper, but the Orange are very inexperienced. We'll have to play through mistakes, which I think, Owen, is something that we all knew. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year's roster and you've got, you know, seniors and experience just littered throughout the entire, I guess, lineup of guys that played. And, and those names are are gone for the most part. And you've got a bunch of new names and some guys that need to prove themselves uh, and, and still need to sort of earn that respect. Not that they're they're not good players or they're not better players necessarily. I think they have ceilings to 
definitely be better players and, and the capabilities to do so. But when you have a younger group like this, where you're going to see, I think it's been pretty much solidified. We haven't quite gotten to it yet. You're going to see two freshman starters in this roster and, or in this lineup and Benny Williams in theory, based on a future tweet that we might discuss. Uh, and, and that's a pretty inexperienced trio in your, in your starting five right there. Um, and you're going to see coming in off the bench even more uh, of that youthfulness. So I think it's a very fair point from Rossine to bring up the fact that there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Fortunately, I believe, as we discussed maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point when we took a look at the schedule when that came out, uh, this is a pretty simple non-conference slate, which gives you a lot of opportunities for you to iron out the issues and, and figure some things out and get a lot of those I guess youthful mistakes out in against lesser opponents. Obviously, you'd want some sort of challenge in there, and I think there's one or two challenges in the non-conference slate that will come up uh, that will give you that sort of building block moment where you you can get put to the test. But I think the non-conference slate that Syracuse has on the docket this season uh, is really a benefit for them, given the fact that they have a lot of young players and a lot of guys learning a new system. Uh, and you can sort of work through those issues in a simpler slate before you get into ACC play. Yeah, totally. Uh, but, you know, we're there, we're still going to watch them struggle. I mean, that is yeah. a given, and I think everybody needs to know that going into this year. Even if they are what Beheim says, uh, and they're the greatest class he's ever had, they're going to have their struggles. And some guys are going to take longer to learn the zone than others, and all those classic cliches that come with uh, – Syracuse struggling in the basketball season. That guy's just got to learn the zone, whatnot. We hear that so many times. And it's so it's definitely true sometimes. I think that was the case with Benny a lot last year and even Cole Swider. But, uh, you know, it's all on the veterans right now to teach those guys in training camp and get them as ready as they possibly can. But with a class this size, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it goes. Um, all right, let's take a quick break before we go any further. Let me tell you about LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. After you do that, go add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's continue on the John Rothstein uh, Twitter dive. Next tweet up is Syracuse's makeup. Okay, I read that one already. Sorry. Next one is Syracuse needs a massive jump from Benny Williams. He has to get to 10 to 12 points per game and five to six rebounds per game for the Orange to finish in the top half of the ACC X Factor. Uh, this is something that I think couldn't bring more true. If Syracuse is going to have success this season, 
obviously the top has to play really well and obviously the freshmen have to come in and play well but it's also going to be because benny williams takes a step up because i mean we all know at this point that he came in last year and wasn't as advertised everybody i mean 32nd ranked by the spn 100 what have you what have you people thought he was going to be fantastic others were skeptical and for the right reason i mean Bayheim wasn't talking about benny williams like he is about judah mintz or like we're going to get to about justin taylor and chris bunch um so we kind of knew or we didn't really know but it wasn't such a shock that he wasn't all that but it was a little bit surprising that he was as bad as he was at times oh and do you think he can take that jump and be a 12 points per game player six rebounds I I don't know if he can. I think he can, uh, based on some of the stuff I've seen. And obviously, like he played for the U.S. I think East Region UA whatever you whatever age he is, uh, that regional team for the East. And it seemed like he he got some decent run with them and and played all right. Uh, I don't know how telling that is of the jumps that he's going to make, but I am. Really excited to see what like that different coaching brings to the table and, and getting those different ideas and, and ways to take his game and improve upon it. I think his key, honestly, to getting to, what was it, the 12 points, five rebounds per game threshold that Rothstein tweeted about is confidence. I really think totally, he, 100%. His, his confidence was stifled early last year, and it just didn't seem like, you know, you watched the freshman highlights, the few and far between that he had, versus the, I, I guess, the high school hoop mixtapes that you would watch for him, they're a drastically different player. And I think it all comes down to confidence. I think if Benny can come out here with a little bit of a year two confidence, I think he can make that jump because I think he still has that skill set uh, and he has the build. And there were moments last year where you could see it a little bit. I hope that this offseason he was able to refine some of those things, regain some of the confidence that you saw him playing with in high school. Uh, so that he can make that jump, because as I, I think it is really true that Benny Williams and the jump that he makes or doesn't make this season can be do or die for Syracuse's year as a whole. Not that they can't completely or not that they can't, I guess, have someone come in and, and play all right in replacement of him. But I think that Benny's success could be indicative of this team's success. Yeah, because if he doesn't play well at the power forward spot, you're looking at Malik Brown, who also there's no there's nothing to go off. We don't know how good Malik Brown is going to be. We've heard he's got a good body and he might have one of the higher floors among all the freshmen coming in. I mean, maybe not, but we know that if Benny Williams doesn't show up, it's going to be bad news. Uh, and to the confidence point that you brought up, I've talked about this before on the pod. I'm going to bring it up again. The only time last season where I saw Benny play confidently was when Syracuse was down a million to 16 against yeah. Duke inside the Carrier Dome. And he played really, really well. He had 14 points that game. He was five for seven from the floor. He shot four or four from the free throw line and he had six rebounds. He had one of the best performances of, in that game of anybody on Syracuse and it was because there was nothing to lose there was no pressure it was just go out and play you're down a million points you're not going to win this game whatever go out and play have fun he had a beautiful reverse layup in that game and we've seen him be incredibly athletic easily without a question was the most athletic player on the team last year that probably changes this season with some of the other kids coming in uh but Benny Williams 
has the tools, has the potential. It's about whether or not he can mentally get to a space where he's going to go out onto the floor and know that he can dominate. Because I think you're absolutely right that for him, it comes down to confidence 100%. Yeah, and that that is the big step. And, and a lot of people will revert back to, I guess, Beheim's doghouse as you've seen things happen. I don't think that's as much the case with Benny as much as last year. And it seemed like he was self-aware. Uh, you would hear interviews and comments from him about how, you know, he's not playing well enough to deserve more minutes at that point. And unfortunately, that was uh, uh, the mental reality for him. Uh, and maybe that that ate at him a little bit more in terms of his confidence on the court. Um, but I, I really do. I, I applaud him for for bearing with it and, and sticking with it. And it appears that he has a good chance at starting at the four this season. Uh, because I think there was a, a significant camp in, in the Syracuse fan base that thought that because of the season Benny had last year that he might be gone and he might enter the transfer portal. Uh, so to have him back, I think, is a nod to him uh, and that mentality. And I think he really does want to grow and work it out here, which I think is huge um, just in terms of team morale and, and having that consistency and having a guy say that, yeah, I'm going to work for it. I'm going to grit it out here. Uh, and it's either going to work or it's not going to work, but I'm going to put forth my best effort uh, for Syracuse. I think there's all the joy to be given to him for that um, and the praise to be given to him for that, because that is cool to see, uh, especially given this new landscape where a lot of other players would have stepped away from the program uh, given the freshman year he had. So really cool to see him back. Uh, it seems like from what we've seen in the summer, He's made some strides. He's gotten a little bit better. He, the, the game is there. He's made some improvements. Uh, I hope that is seen, what, three, three and a half weeks from now uh, in game one um, because I, I do – I really like Benny Williams. And, and the fact that he is battling right now it just, you know, adds to the reasons that I like him as a player. I would love to see him come out with that confidence and show us that he can be – you know, an eight to 12 point guy day in and day out. All right, Owen, as we are recording, John Rothstein has just dropped his article on Syracuse. And there are some good quotes in there from Jim Beheim. After the break, I am going to read them to you and you're going to live react. Uh, but oh, wow. first, we are going to take a quick break and talk to you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. You're going to love the Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, whether you want to grab a quick bite, Need a snack for your workout? Need a late night treat? Just want to eat them all? Go for it. Dish the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN15 and get 15% off your first order. Or excuse me, your order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, there's some good stuff in here. I just quickly skimmed. It literally came out while we were recording, uh, which is awesome. So, first quote uh, that Rothstein leads off the article with is Beheim says, quote, we're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Thank you. I agree. I'm, I said that the last right episode. That is the floor for this team. I genuinely think that that is the floor for this team. I am so excited about this freshman class. 
uh, and the opportunities and the fallbacks that they give you. There are options on this team, and that is non-traditional to Jim Beheim squads. Everyone talks about, oh, the seven-man rotation, the seven-man rotation. This has the makings of being a deeper-than-seven-man rotation, and it also has a lot of battles in there, and I think that is such a great benefit to this team. Uh, even if it is an eight-man rotation, I think early on in the season and right now, you know, in, in the preseason practices that they're going through, there really are a lot of battles for playing time and for positioning and, and things like that. And I think that the floor, genuinely, I believe that the floor for this team is the NCAA tournament uh, as a bubble team. I, I, I confidently am saying that that is the floor for the squad right now. And I, I'm glad that Bayheim agrees. I do see Bayheim as a realist. Uh, I don't so do think I. he he's a guy that would say that without confidently believing. So that's the uh, thing. So is that, his that credibility take, up until this point is that he only ever says things that he truly believes. Yeah. I think some people like to call him a liar, whatever, in press conferences. And maybe he doesn't always speak the truth about certain things. But when he's projecting the success of his own team, I don't think he lies very much, if at all. I think he's usually entirely truthful about that because he knows what he his team can't do and what it can do. How many yeah. press conferences does he go into a uh, does he go in against the reporters and say this guy stinks? We can't win if this guy plays like this. How many times does he do that? He's I've never that. seen him be this confident in a while. Yeah, that's awesome to see, uh, and because it's it's not a take that he has to give is my assumption, right? That's not something that as a coach you typically have to answer. What's your prediction for this team? Right. It's something that you want to know as a fan, but it's not often something that you get a set in stone answer like that. And for Bayheim to come out and say that, I would have to assume that the confidence for that to be the reality of this team is incredibly high. And that is a huge sign uh, for Syracuse fans. For me, I think I said it in our preview episode Friday. I really do think that this team is undoubtedly an NCAA tournament team. Uh, with a higher ceiling than that. But the floor is not the NIT for me. In my mind, the floor is a bubble team. Uh, and I think that Beheim saying this about them being in the tournament this year and this being a tournament team uh, helps to legitimize my thought process right now. And he went on to say that, quote, this is the best team we've had in a while. I mean, if that doesn't get you excited about this basketball season, I don't really know what does. Uh, and Rothstein asked him about, you know, you reached the Sweet 16 in both 2021 and 2018. He said, Beheim didn't hesitate to say, I think we could be better, which is just awesome to hear from your yeah. head coach, uh, who has just been a realist for a long time. Uh, and to the point of Rothstein earlier, when we talked about Benny Williams, Beheim said that Benny has to get 10 to 11 points and six rebounds for us. Has to happen. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're right there with him. It really does have to happen. Uh, he also talked about Quadir Copeland, who I am a huge, huge fan of. I think this guy is going to be fantastic. He's 6'6", sounds like he's going to be perfect in the zone, and some guys are calling him a great passer. Beheim says he gives us a different dimension. He's more like a Josh Pace type, except he's a righty. Josh Pace, of course, a guard uh, in Syracuse when they won the national championship. He was a sophomore on that team back in 2002, 2003. Uh, so Syracuse has another guy who's going to work in the zone like that. I mean, that is also really, really huge news. And it sounds like Beheim was maybe, I mean, we haven't seen any of these guys play. But when he said this is the greatest recruiting class that he's ever had, you don't necessarily have to look at uh, all of the recruiting classes that had the greatest talent. I think that that 
statement, if it becomes true, is going to be because these guys work so well together and just fit the pieces that Syracuse needs to win right now. Um, Bayheim is amping me up for this season. I don't know about you. That's like all of these comments are just they're they're cool to see. And, you know, I I'm going to stay all positive today because I, I think it deserves to be all positive um, based on these thoughts. And I, 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 you know, I don't know what to expect from this team, uh, but I really do think that this class, the more I hear about it, the more I talk about it, I really am sold. And I, I look at a guy like Kadir Copeland, and we've heard about how great of a passer he is and that height. And to have that 6'6 frame at the top of the zone will be massive. And I think it presents a really cool opportunity for Syracuse to, to have that depth. And even if it's not necessarily Kadir Copeland playing massive, massive minutes in year one, Right. Let's not forget that Josh Pace was a, a 10 to 15 minutes a game kind of guy uh, until the year after the national championship when he when he became a starter. So I think that that could be the case for Copeland as well in that he is a really good talent. And we're aware of the talent he has, but maybe the minutes aren't bountiful early on, uh, given the situation right now, when you look at the fact that you know, you've got Judah and Joe that are, are pretty solidified as your one and two, and a guy in Saimir who has shown that he can be a distributor and can can run the zone decently uh, and be an effective sort of, I guess, pacemaker or tempo container. Just like he, he runs a good pace for me. Uh, and I, I think that the Josh Pace nod uh, can be to definitely the skill set and the type of player that he's going to be. But also, I see that career path sort of and that career arc at Syracuse being a very similar possibility on that totally, national championship absolutely. team. You know, he was he was just a role player coming in off the bench. He did his thing. He was doing really well. Uh, and then that year after they won the Natty, he becomes a starter and he makes that jump to to pretty much double digits in terms of scoring uh, for his final two seasons. I think that is if I were to project out. For Copeland, that that's a very realistic projection for me, uh, or for me to see him have sort of that same points per game, minutes per game sort of arc uh, in that nod that you heard from Beheim in comparing him to being the right-handed Josh Pace uh, and a little bit taller at that as well. I read one more quote from this article, and this almost—I mean, this is pretty crazy stuff, in my opinion. Uh, it, Rothstein was asking Beheim about last year, and you went under you, or excuse me, you went un, under 500 uh, for the first time since 1976 or whatever. Uh, Beheim goes, "We gave away games last year. We're so much different this year. We're going to play nine to ten guys. We're faster. We're quicker. We're better. If he sticks by that and wow. plays nine to ten guys." This team could be fantastic. If they actually utilize depth and everybody can actually contribute, they could be something. I don't think that's an absurd take. I, I really do think that this team, even though it's not necessarily getting the national recognition uh, in the preseason and, and building up to this year, and even among Syracuse fans at this point, I think this is a team that has a ton of potential and really can surprise almost anyone 
uh, with how good this team can be and the ceiling that this team might have. Because based on what I'm hearing from Bayheim, what I'm hearing from Rothstein, who travels all over the place. You talked about it at the start of this episode. He is college basketball. He knows so much about every team. Uh, and, and so to hear the ideas from Rothstein and, and the praise from Bayheim so far this season, I do think that this, this group of guys, this personnel right now, has the makings to, to shock a lot of people this totally. season. And I, I cannot wait for things to get underway. What is it? Uh, October, November 3rd, game one, November 7th, November 7th, single digits, odd number, prime number close. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, these quotes themselves have amped me up. I'm really, really excited uh for for Syracuse basketball all of a sudden I mean I was of course before but Bayheim being this confident in the team really adds an extra a notch uh to what I'm expecting for this season well uh that's all the time we have on Locked On Syracuse today thanks for making it your first listen every day go get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes make Locked On ACC your second listen. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We are back tomorrow to continue the NC State preview coverage.